every year uh, there comes a moment where uh, we as total Apple fanboys and uh, the app developers are waiting and then are excited to see all the cool new stuff Apple announces at their annual worldwide developers conference. And sometimes we get to be here in person. Oh yeah. And we are here in person in San Jose. In fact, we are using Apple's podcasting studio. And all of those new things is what I want to discuss with you, Michael, today on this very podcast. All right. So, uh, yeah. So we're happy that we can actually do it here with professional setting and everything and not in our shabby hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, as for us as a remote company, it's good that we to get to hang out mm -hmm. for the whole week. And uh, yeah, so um, I think we should just dive in. But before we do, um, I want to just, uh, as a follow-up from the last episode, I want to um, uh, retell quickly my story of my first ever Apple keynote. Oh, okay. Because again, we are the total Apple <laughs> uh, fanboys. And um, you, you gave me some tips mm -hmm. how to uh, approach the Apple keynote. Um, um, and uh, you told me that, uh, you know, I should do the line up at 5 a.m. Yeah. Uh, before the keynote, which starts at 10 a.m. So think, think about it five hours before. Mm -hmm. But because I was jet lagged anyway, and I woke up at 4 a.m. anyway, so it was fine. I, uh, I decided, you know, I, I tried to fall asleep after 4 a.m. Didn't work. So I just dressed up, uh, went to stand in line and, uh, you know, got the whole experience, which was kind of fantastic because uh, in line, of course, there were other geeks. So I got to know uh, lots of people. We got to exchange stories and I um, um, uh, very cool friends from uh, uh, Viacom <laughs> in Poland mm -hmm. uh, also uh, cool friends from the line company in Japan and uh, friends from Colorado uh, like really, really lots of cool developers um, that I met on my way to the keynote mm -hmm. and then uh, and the cool thing that they, they did was they, they just moved us all the time so there was something happening all the time so it wasn't like five hours in the same place which was very smart. So, because, mm -hmm. like, you know, it, 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 if you feel like you're in motion, although really nothing happens because the keynote won't start before 10 a.m. But anyway, um, uh, then uh, when, as we got into the building, uh, they, they fed us, they gave us some coffee and, and <laughs> croissants and stuff and fruit, which was helpful because <laughs> we were starving by that time. And then uh, when they let us into the hall, to the main um, keynote uh, area, um, you gave me a very good pro tip and I used it to my advantage. So you told me that people are not reasonable with their seating. Mm -hmm. That people sometimes, you know, like ha do gaps between each other because they just, you know, two people sit together and there's a gap and three people sit together. Uh, so I seized this and I just went straight to the very front. Yeah. And, and then I saw uh, one of the buddies who I was talking to in line before. Uh, he was, um, uh, 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 he had, there was a free spot in the first row yeah and i was like is it taken no good yeah so i got the first row experience on wwc keynote there's like more than five thousand people in that room and you got the first row exactly yeah i'm a lucky guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah so man that's I i've watched a lot of keynotes and i've i've been here um four times in person and I think this is the the biggest one since 2014, maybe even bigger. There was so much that was announced, so much that I hoped for. Um, that there wasn't really that that many things. Well, there was one. Uh, there were like a total surprise, but there were many things I hoped for, sometimes for years, and I hoped I would get maybe some of them as a user and as a developer, yeah. like waiting for features, waiting for APIs, and I got <laughs> we got many more than we expected. Like it, it might be the biggest one since uh, like, you know, of, of, of the decade maybe even. Uh, so there was a lot. So we'll probably follow up in a future episodes on some of the new Apple stuff that we, that we like. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, let's, let's focus on some of the stuff that we're most excited about. Okay, so um, for me personally, of course, the iPad OS. Yeah. So finally, my iPad. My iPad, my iPad only lifestyle, my iPad only Pro um, got the love that it deserves. Yeah. It actually got its own OS name. And of course, some people argue it's a marketing gimmick or something, but I think it means uh, commitment. So mm -hmm. 
next year when there was there's going to going to be a WWC keynote 2020 and they will have to say what's happened at the iPad OS mm-hmm. what's new for the iPad so it won't be like a neglected thing that you know happens by accident in iOS it will be a fully fledged um OS so I think it's great yeah and there's so much that they added to iPad to make it better like last year there wasn't much 2 years ago it was a big year but this year might be the biggest year. Like they made so many changes that really makes iPad a far more powerful computer. Like things we've been asking for for years, like some nice things they were like, oh, Apple will never do it because it, it breaks the whole, you know, it's a simple touchscreen device thing. Like really bring it forward to make yeah. it more of a useful computer. Well, still keep it like simple when you don't want to know some of those uh, things, but like, and, you can have multiple windows, well, they don't call it windows, but like multiple windows of the same same app. So like when you have a document app, you can have two side by side without like the developer making it from scratch. Like we had side by side Safari, but it's a Safari thing, right? Exactly. Now we can do it with any app and you can easily switch like on the side for the, the, the slide over, you can easily switch between multiple uh, apps or multiple windows of the same app. So this is like truly enhances the uh, the multitasking workflow. We got uh, yeah, yeah. But speaking of that, also I, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, the same app can be paired with different apps in different speed views. Yeah, it doesn't have to be with the same app all the yeah, time. Exactly. So yeah. it's another thing that you know uh, you might want to have uh, this app with this, and then also with the other one. So you can switch between these two workflows, and and now you can finally. So finally, it really is like on a quote unquote real computer. Those are windows. Those are not overlapping windows. They don't call it windows aside from you know developer documentation, because it's like simpler, right? It's. It's not non-overlapping, it's easier to deal with. And if you don't want it, it's just like one app full screen. But you really have Windows, which is powerful, right? Yeah, when yes. you're working with documents, when doing something non-trivial, you don't have to um, you don't have to do all sorts of like different weird hacks and like copy copy things and paste them, use another like weird thing like uh, Gladys to like keep something a little bit like you can have things side by side. That's really powerful. Yeah, and um, uh, also one of my favorite thing, uh, the keyboard finally can be small. Yeah, I, I mean this is like the on-screen keyboard. The on-screen keyboard. Yeah, because um, of course I I very often use the the the, 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 the um, smart keyboard folio, so I don't really use the on-screen keyboard. But when I'm browsing, especially vertically, the uh, things on the iPad. Mm-hmm. I hate this fact that whenever I want to, you know, write something, it just pulls out this big gigantic keyboard at the bottom, which is not really comfortable. Yeah. But I can have a, a small keyboard on the side and just with a thumb, with swipe, I can just type, which is fantastic. Yeah. The, so, the, the swipe thing is one of the, the features that, you know, our Android friends f- f- um, will be like, yeah, of course. Yeah. And we've waited for years and finally got it. Like you can do custom keyboards on iOS. And I, I tried that because like, it seems so much faster, but like just the user experience of custom keyboards is not that great. And like, finally, like, like this is super powerful. This is a big finally. But let, let's stick, let's say stick to iPad OS. Okay. And uh, you have more, you have desktop class Safari, which is like, this is for real. Like, yes. This so, is a so- ton of fixes. Exactly, but it's, it's not just that Safari is on iPad says it's a Mac. It, yeah. It's not just it fakes its its presence. It they had to work on the hovers and everything else. Like mm-hmm. to, they had to really, um, and it, even Netflix, I, I I heard works in Safari. Yeah. So you can actually you know you don't have to have a Netflix app. You if you're like you should get a Netflix app, but <laughs> if you want to just browse something in Netflix, you can log into Netflix on Safari on the iPad and watch it. You have a download manager in Safari. On yep. the iPad, so it's it's no longer this thing that oh it's supposed to be simple, right? But like no, I want to save this file somewhere, and oftentimes it's like you can't, or you have to do like multiple tabs. Now you can have just files you want to download from the web, just save to like any destination you want. And in the Files app, the Files app is so much more powerful. Uh, like it actually has a column view. Most people won't want to use it, but like if you're a geek and you really want to use iPad as your main computer, this is. This is so, like, for years, I've wanted this. Yeah. Right? Uh, 
there's more on both iPadOS and iOS. You have this new um, context menu thing. Like when you long press on something, there's no longer this um, this tiny black thing where you can barely fit anything. You actually have a box with names and icons like dropping down from the place where you are long pressed. So like it, it's a small UI thing, but like it's now a system-wide standard UI element. And so when you have like a list of something, like something more powerful where you need to hide a lot of options, you can do that. Yeah, so um, the magic of WWDC is that uh, you get to meet lots of cool developers. Mm -hmm. So I met, for example, uh, Pavel from Riedel and uh, a very cool company, and they have this application called Documents. Yeah. And the only, way, the, the only thing I was using the Documents application for was to zip and unzip files. Yes. Now I don't have to. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> I can just use the files app yeah. to zip and unzip stuff. So, cool. Yeah, so cool. Ah, and the, the thumbs, uh, thumb drive thing also works. Yeah. So finally, again, uh, you can just, uh, you know, copy files, not just uh, images from the camera. You can just copy files and, and, and you know, like, like a normal person. And since the iPad Pro actually has USB-C, like, you know, there are so many situations where you need to copy f files mm -hmm. and you, you either can't airdrop it because it, it doesn't originate from another Apple computer. And even if you can, like, good luck trying to airdrop uh, from one device to another, like a five gigabyte file, right? There are just like so many situations where if you are a geek, if you are a power iPad user, like actually using it as your main computer, or a, an important computer and not like a like a toy right like like a media consumption device that is just useful you know that despite it um rightly so not being kind of the first class citizen because like you should have your stuff in the cloud it is useful and now we have it and we can never again talk about this thing yep and uh we have dark mode yeah whatever i like that one okay whatever Anyway, so the good thing was that I was procrastinating selling my old iPad Pro 10.5 mm -hmm. inch. Uh, I was, I was, and uh, I actually have a, I, I know what I'm going to do with it after WWC. Uh, but before I gave it away, I decided to use it today. So uh, uh, so when we are here, I, we installed the iOS, or the iPad OS 13 on my iPad, on my old iPad Pro. And this way we can really, you know, we could, we, we could play with it and we're playing with it. And I'm just repeating to myself, you're not going to install this on the main machine. You're not going to install this on the main machine. So <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm tr I'll try to resist the beta too. I'm giving Michael until Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see how this goes. Right, more comments about iPadOS? I think we're good. All right, I really want to talk about shortcuts. Oh, yeah. And automation. Yeah, uh, this got a very big upgrade. I mean, the shortcuts on, uh, on iOS 13 are going to be magical. Yeah. So shortcuts, aka workflow, is something we've been using for years, like long before they were acquired by Apple and made like an Apple app. Yep. And some of the things they did this year were like things I really hoped would become possible uh, since now it's, it's an Apple thing. So the app can do things that a third party app just cannot do. And like from the very beginning, like we were scared that since Apple is acquiring workflow, like maybe it's just an acquihire. Then they made an app there and it's like, ah, maybe there's something about it, but like, they won't make it that powerful, right? Like, like Apple doesn't care about power users that much. And so far the trajectory is, is great. Like they give us with shortcuts so much more than I could have hoped for. And most importantly, those are two features. Mm -hmm. Feature number one is um, what it calls automations. So automations are automatic triggers for actions. So you can build your shortcuts, your, your um, workflows, right? And you can trigger them, that's fine. But like now you can set an action to be triggered automatically uh, when- Something happens. When something happens. Or, 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 yeah, or where you get somewhere or where you, yeah, yeah, something happens. Yeah, so for example, when a certain time of day Mm -hmm. or a date of a week, I think, then you trigger an action. When you reach a location, mm -hmm. you trigger an action. When you connect to a certain Wi-Fi, so that, that sometimes may be a more um, 
reliable maybe then 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 location when like for example connecting to like uh, work wi-fi right then you can trigger something that will i don't know do something like um change system settings whatever mm -hmm. right or you you when you get home so either by location or wi-fi you uh turn on do not disturb right or the opposite yeah uh and this is exciting um you can you can trigger workflows or shortcuts uh based on nfc tags so you can buy these nfc tags mm -hmm. you know just stickers you stick them somewhere and when you um when you swipe uh, yeah when you um or, yeah. just mm -hmm. just uh, approach the sticker with your d device with your iphone it triggers something yeah yeah that's just they're just so cool it has so many possibilities for just automating like your specific stuff that there is no one app for that yeah. right like because it's just too specific for you but you uh put together uh some of those shortcuts some apps uh you maybe even automate it based on one of those triggers and it's wonderful it's glorious if, if you're a geek and it's not that hard like there's, there's no programming involved yeah, yesterday when we were listening live to the connected episode mm -hmm. they mentioned something cool because we just forgot to mention that if you turn on assistive touch yeah. on the iPad, you can have mouse support. Mouse support, can a, you believe a it? A cursor on an iPad, which is like, what? So you can have that. And with the shortcuts, what you can do is, if your iPad connects to your Bluetooth mouse, yeah. it can trigger showing the cursor. If you disconnect your mouse, it can shut it down. So it can just uh, turn on or turn off the assistive touch. So, yeah. so these kind of examples are just amazing. Yeah, so we gotta explain that. There is mouse support on iPad OS now, on yeah. iOS essentially. But Apple is really, it doesn't want to break the, the touch screen thing and like make people talk about it too much. So and, and I they're really it. serious, and I understand that. But so they're really serious about making it, oh, it's just an accessibility feature. So, you know, it, it stays, it kind of stays on this big blob when you have this enabled and you can make it like go away when you disconnect from Bluetooth, but it is super useful. Like if, you know, um, there's a lot of great things about working with an iPad as your computer. Yeah. But if you try to use it as your main machine and work in front of it for eight hours, that's a problem. That, that is an ergonomics problem because you have to look down. Yeah. So it would be great for um, like absolute iPad nerds like you to maybe in your office, like stick it, stick the iPad to um, like some sort of stand. So yeah. it's more on the eye level so that you can look straight ahead. You have your keyboard with iPads, which is already great. And now you ha can have a mouse for like, which works as your virtual kind of pointing device, pointing device, um, which is like suboptimal. Like it, it's not built for, for the mouse, which is good, which is the right thing for this device but it doesn't mean it's not useful. So even though very few people want to use it, the people who want to use it really want to use it and complain about it for nine years, Yeah, ever since iPad was released. And I was so incredibly happy that it's there. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, okay, getting back to shortcuts, uh, there is another thing that they have parameters. Of course, yes. So last year um, they add this thing. So it's kind of confusing because they talk about shortcuts, they talk about Siri shortcuts and like Apple uses Siri to mean like 10 different things and they use the oh, word yeah. shortcut to mean like 10 different things and some of those Siri and shortcut things overlap. It's sort of confusing, but this year it it's starting to make more sense. So last year they introduced this feature that you can add Siri shortcuts in your app where you have, um, for example, you you make a an order from a restaurant, right? And yeah. then your your app does what, what they call donating an intent. So an intent is like an, a definition of an action. An action could be like ordering from, right? And then you mm -hmm. have had the parameters like ordering pizza from this joint, right? Mm -hmm. And iOS would, would see that. Like it would be like shown to the system. So it it's connected to the series suggestions. Like if you uh, if you buy pizza from that place every single morning, or afternoon, it was suggested to you at that time, maybe on your lock screen that, hey, you wanna do it again. And those those um, things would show up in the shortcuts app, aka workflow, as a thing you can 
kind of add to your shortcuts, yeah. right? To, mm -hmm. to trigger this action. Now see, here's a problem. How often do you buy the same pizza from the same place? Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, there were certain use cases where this was perfect, but like, you could see that they're really going for something far more useful, but they just didn't finish it in time last year, which is you want those intents, those, those actions uh, to be parameterized. Yeah. So there's a general thing of ordering, which is mm -hmm. a parameter of what and from where. And now you can actually define it this way in your app. So every triggerable action you define as this intent and the parameters that are possible. And the, the suggestions, the series suggestions still work, but this is extremely powerful with, uh, with shortcuts, the shortcuts app, because now all of those things without the pizza and that particular place filled in, just with like empty parameters you can fill in yourself, you can take it and plop it into your, your workflows, your shortcuts, and you can mix and match different apps together. And, and this is great. Like we've hacked things like this, us geeks for years with like URL schemes and different things like that to be able to, for example, add a task to Nosby with a specific name, specific project and whatnot. And now there's a clean way that's actually simple to use for non-programmers. Yeah. And, and probably a lot of more apps will adopt it since it's also connected. It's not just a shortcuts thing. It's also connected to Siri, to Siri, to Siri kit, um, the Siri suggestions, the Siri, oh, hey, Siri, do this for me. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's connected to many things. So a lot of developers will adopt this API and for free, you will get it as a power users in the shortcuts app. This makes a ton more sense than what we saw last year. Yeah, and then, then they, they get rid of it, of, the, of this whole thing that they have to have uh, these shortcuts. You know, you have to have just a, a just sh small list of approved apps that work with shortcuts. Mm -hmm. Like your app will be able to just, you know, add shortcuts yeah. to, to the shortcuts thing. So as long as you have the app download. So yeah, it's perfect. It's, uh, it's, uh, and then this being WWDC, yesterday, uh, uh, as we were at the Connected episode um, uh, live recording, we saw the Shortcuts team there yeah. in audience and you talked to them. And uh, eventually we ended up having burgers with them. And so it's a, it's a fantastic team and, and really, really great people. And uh, wow, uh, again, you get to meet people who are behind things that you use. It's so cool here. Yeah, and we've also met uh, the crew behind the Automators podcast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my favorite, David Sparks, Max Sparky. So uh, really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, and so this is, that's why uh, if you, you know, look at my Twitter timeline for, from this week, lots of selfies with lots of cool people. But again, I'm excited. I get to meet these people behind stuff that I use and love. Yeah. What else is there? A 6K display. Yeah, it's always confusing if you talk about the resolution or the price. <laughs> yeah. I was like, when I, when I saw the, the introduction about the Mac Pro, which never was never a thing I wanted, uh, but then was the display. And I was like, yeah, this is a very nice display, a little bit bigger than my um, uh, iMac 5K display. Maybe I should get it as a secondary display for my iMac or maybe for my iPad Pro. The price is 6K. Ah, uh, maybe not. <laughs> that was my reaction. Actually, the price is 5K and the stand is $1,000. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the 6K is the price of the matte one. Yeah. So, so um, anyway, not the display for us. So we're, moving on. We're not buying the display and we're not buying the Mac Pro. So Still, I'm happy Apple makes those things because even though it's not for me and it's not for a lot of people, um, it is important for the, the long-term health of the Mac ecosystem that Apple keeps like high-end professionals very, very happy and that it's, Macs don't just become, you know, these, these toys, yeah. you know, computers for, for most people who don't, don't have very high-end requirements, but that um, really like high-end professionals, developers, um, you know, video professionals, audio professionals, etc., really want to use that because if they don't and they decide to move to another platform, then yeah, the other yeah, guys. That, that breaks the whole <laughs> ecosystem. Then yes. like people 
who are really invested in it, like want to pay, spend a lot of money on those computers, um, especially developers, like they leave and they stop making apps and hey, I like macOS. I really want to keep using macOS and for it, it needs to be great. And, and so keeping um, pros happy, I think it's really important, even if yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting a 6K cheese grater with just 256 gigabytes of SSD. Yeah, another thing that, uh, yeah, just want to say this here. This is kind of nickel diming. I mean, really, $6,000 computer uh, with 256 you know, gigabytes of uh, storage. Uh, yeah. I don't like this. So <laughs> this this was kind of uh, threw me a bit off. But speaking of Mac OS. Yeah. We, uh, as you know, we are working on NOS before. Yeah. And in NOS before, um, we are preparing this fantastic iPhone app uh, because we believe uh, the teams that get stuff done should be able to really manage the whole thing on their mobile phone. That's why we designed it mobile first. Yeah. And uh, and uh, from there, you managed last week to do <laughs> a very quick, um, uh, you know, quickly, uh, an iPad app, which I love and I have it here um, on my iPad. And, and it's pretty good for, uh, you know, a, a few hours of work. Um, and now, thanks to uh, slash Marzipan slash Catalyst, okay, so Catalyst, uh, this new technology, we will be able to port the iPad app to the back yeah. and have a native Mac uh, app. Like really, I'm really, really happy that this investment of, of, of NOS before for iOS, for the iPhone, uh, pays off you know, in spades to have all three platforms um, covered. Yeah, that's, that's one of the maybe the most exciting Thing. And, and we knew it was coming, right? Like, it was not a secret. Yeah. Um, and this is a very big deal. This is one of those big finalists that we've known for many years that the the standard, like what we now kind of take for granted as a standard of app development is, is a little bit broken. Like, how crazy is it that you're solving the same thing, the same problems, you know, building those same apps, those same interfaces over and over again. Yeah. And just because there are slight differences between, say, a phone and a desktop and a watch, you're starting from scratch. Doesn't make any sense. There should be, there always should have been, or maybe not always, but there should have been uh, for quite some time, like a common set of tools, a common framework to accommodate it. Right? There are differences, but you can abstract them away, but you shouldn't have to start from scratch every time. And Apple was clearly inching over the years in that direction, like around the user interface problem, like with, um, with all of the other frameworks, right? And so that was great, but there was this last massive bit missing. And I have hoped for years that they will do it. It was just a question of when, like it was, it always was obvious that this is the way to go. And amazingly, they've showed us not one, but two of those things. The short-term future of macOS development and the long-term future of development for all of Apple's platforms. The first one is Marzipan, aka Catalyst, aka UIKit for Mac. So you just take the iPad app, run it on macOS. It almost always is just like you check a box and it runs. And it's not yet great, but it, it works. Yeah, but you can uh, uh, make it a really great Mac app with some additional work. So uh, today I was on the labs for that, and uh, it's really easy to, to add um, menu bars to it, to add uh, toolbars to mm -hmm. really and connect them with your app. So um, and really, and again, what they told me is that many things that we support on the iPad, for example, if we, if we support on the iPad the Spotlight Search, we will have Spotlight Search on the Mac. Yeah. Just like that, uh, if we support the new iPad OS uh, 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 windowing, you know, split view and everything, we will have multiple windows on the Mac. So it's all like they really made sure that you can uh, uh, like invest your time in a good iPad app and then later tweak it for the Mac. But it's going to be just tweaks, yeah. not rewriting things from scratch, which is the most annoying thing ever because you've solved the problem before. Why do you have to solve it again? Yeah. And then there's a second one. Yeah, and there's a second one. And that I also have been waiting for years. But I, I that one did not leak. That one I did not expect to come out this year. Um, and that is what Apple calls Swift UI. It's a completely, completely new framework for building user interfaces. 
uh, that works across the whole spectrum. So not just iPhone and iPad, not just iPhone, iPad, and the Mac, but watchOS too, uh, which is quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, everywhere. Like they, they did, uh, I, again, my first, I had my first State of the Union. Uh, so, so it's like the State of the Union is the second keynote. Mm -hmm. uh, after keynote is more technical. I got to stay there and they demoed it. It's really that what they're aspiring to do is, it's really like you write this declarative, very nice Swift UI um, uh, code and it just works on all the platforms. It's fantastic. And, and this is the future of WatchKit. So this, there is no more WatchKit. This is yeah. the way to design watch apps. Yeah. So the general idea is like this. Um, traditionally, the way, the way you, you build interfaces is, um, we programmers call it the imperative paradigm. And you essentially tell the computer step by step what to do, like, uh, like how, how to do it. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, create this view, this box. Oh, set the background color to this. Set the frame, the, uh, you know, the position to this and the width and height to this. And when you open uh, the view, do this. When you want to change the view, do this. When you exit the view, do this. There's a lot of repetitiveness in it. And there's a lot of space for mistakes just for for stupid bugs and mostly it's just tiring it's a lot of work yeah. like very repetitive uh work but work that's not that easy to abstract away it's not like it's repetitive in a way that a developer can easily like make it less of a nuisance like it is a nuisance all around and with a declarative reactive approach um you you just specify what there is like what the interface should look like like what's its structure and what's its data and you just say what the 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 user interface is based on the input the the data that you want to show on the screen mm -hmm. and the first pass like displaying it for the first time the second pass is when the uh, information changes how you what exactly you need to do to update the the screen or when you exit, what you need to do. Like all of that is an implementation detail of the framework. You don't have to worry about it. It's kind of difficult to explain to non-programmers, but yeah. the end result is immediately um, understandable to non-programmers. You, you show a slide, a big scrolling slide of what it takes to build like a list view with like different items and like an image and a title subtitle and you do something when you tap on it on iOS using UI kit and then what it's like using um, Swift UI and even yeah. though you're not a programmer you don't know what it means like you look at the one and it's like black magic you look at the other it's like oh okay it says view and then it kind of goes inside and it says image and it goes inside and it like says H stack was H stack maybe horizontal so you see image on one side and then you see like text on the other and you say on tap and there's something like it's it's kind of you just kind of say what you want there to be right it's it's huge it's a huge thing and it's a long-term thing yeah what I, what I like about this is that first of all of course you save lines of code which yeah. means I mean, fewer lines of code is not just the, this pipe dream. It's the question that when you have, you know, fewer lines of code, you just have to make fewer mistakes, as you mentioned. But second thing, the code is more readable, which is always a problem. Like, you know, you have one developer on this code and then you have another one. They have to really spend time, you know, going through the code. Ah, so they did it like this and they did it like that and they did it is like this. Yeah. And, and then in this case, it's just, uh, you just go, with, go there and, 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 and you just read the code and you're like, okay, I get it. This is the view, this is the thing, this is the image, this is what happens. All right. It's, it's almost like you're telling the story. Yeah. So it's like the code is more like a prose, right? Yeah. Uh, this is what we've been doing for years already. Mm -hmm. Like this paradigm, this programming paradigm, this way of building user interfaces was more or less, I'm not sure if invented or pioneered, but surely popularized by Facebook's uh, React uh, framework for building web applications. And we've been using that for years. And um, they, they did this React Native thing. 
of course, all deeply familiar with. And uh, now Apple is doing it. Even Google is, is doing it. And like in programming, there's this phrase, there's no silver bullet, right? Yeah. There is no one thing that magically me makes programming simple. But like this declarative, reactive, um, component-based programming paradigm with with react with uh and with like react on the web is like one of the maybe the biggest story of uh programming in the last five you know five to ten years like it's the biggest like revolution in terms of how how simple it makes what used to be hard like how much easier and faster uh you can make something um, how you can iterate more quickly, more easily. Yeah, and you know, for me, I, I, I'm, I'm my eldest daughter, daughter uh, Milena, is, she's 10, year old, 10 years old, and, I want, and she's been already playing with Swift Playgrounds, mm -hmm. and I want her to learn to code. Uh, and I think, you know, if she learns to code Swift UI, if she learns to code something like this, declarative um, uh, paradigm, it will be so much easier for her to understand it, to iterate yeah. on it, to just play with it. It's going to be more playful for her. So... So, and, and not just her, I mean, any, you know, children. Cause, and I think, because I always, you know, we, we both believe this thing that programming, even if you don't want to be a programmer, it's good to understand programming because it's, it's so much logic. It's so much fun also to build stuff out of yeah. nothing. And um, I want her to have this, the, this joy. And uh, I think with this new paradigm, it's just going to be so easier, so much easier for her. Yeah. For us and for many people, it's not going to be relevant to our work for years or most of our work, um, it's a new thing. It's a very new thing. And it will take years for it to become good and fully featured. And there's many things you can't do with it yet. And uh, it might have bugs and you need to be on the newest OS to use it. So it will take a while for many companies to be able to make that jump. But, and he, like this, there is something excited, exciting with, with SwiftUI that we will be able to do, maybe. You mean the watch? I mean the watch. Exactly. So there is a story in our company that I, I use the watch. You don't. I use the watch. Uh, you used to use the watch. Um, and I've been asking you several times over for some new, new features to our app. And every time you would say, yeah, no, 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 I'm not doing that. I'm not touching that. I, Michael, there, we have different priorities in our company. This is just too much work. It's too, um, I don't like doing this. Uh, you know, and you know, I shouldn't be focused on that because I should, you know, that I have bigger fish to fry. Yeah. And you were right. That's why I wouldn't push. But I was kind of, you know, uh, not really happy. Uh, now uh, I can change the narrative. Yeah. I can say, uh, Radek, um, do, how, how about playing a little bit with SwiftUI <laughs> for the watch? <laughs> Maybe by playing with SwiftUI, you could add me this feature or the other feature. <laughs> and this would uh, change the whole thing because you will take it as a, as, a, as, a, as a way of, you know, playing with the new, the new toy yeah. instead of, you know, um, begrudgingly uh, do something that you don't want to do. Yeah, uh, there's no promises. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I would really love to play with SwiftUI. Yeah. And uh, this is the perfect avenue because our technology stack for NOS before is, is not quite compatible with SwiftUI, uh, at least in the, the short term future. But the the watch app is something like completely different like yeah. uh, like you have to like build it from scratch more or less uh there's not mu that much you can you can share um in our instance at least so and we also don't we also don't mind uh, our customers to use the la latest uh, watch os it's fine yeah especially for us before like since yeah. it's, it will be a new app like adding watch os support like it will only support the latest os Right. Exactly. Anyway, so we don't have to worry about that. So it would be the perfect avenue for me to play with SwiftUI. So okay. you might see that okay. later this year. Here's hoping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So both of these things are a very big deal, and I'm very much hoping that Apple will um, do the work in the uh, like every year to push that forward. Um, both of these technologies like swift ui is uh, apple's long-term bet in, in the future like it's the shared ui framework for all the platforms yeah. but it will take many 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 years to like fully overtake ui kit and app kit um 
Catalyst uh, slash Marzipan. It's Marzipan is such a good name. Yeah, uh, Marzipan. I, lo- I love Marzipan. Yeah, <laughs> Marzipan uh, is like the the next five years of macOS development that you can, um, you know, port an iOS iPad app to the Mac. That's a big deal. But there's a lot of work there. There are still very big and important limitations to what you can't do um, by just porting um, an iPad app to macOS. Yeah, but I think for us, especially with NOS before, the, the, the calendar is just aligning perfectly. Yes, I agree. We just have that. And this is the year where we are launching NOS before, and we will get to have these apps because it's timed perfectly with what Apple is doing. So we, uh, this is one of the exciting parts, again, of running Nosby and of working here. I think we get to really live on this cutting edge that we, you know, our technology has to align with, you know, Apple's technology to really work. Yeah. Yeah, so for us, that's the thing. And that's why I'm hoping it will continue to be better, right? Uh, that, that we will be able to like fully 100%, not like 95%, but like 100% take advantage of max capabilities when we, when we need to, to, to make the best possible app for the Mac. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, th- there's, there's still like so much great stuff to be done, but, but wow, like, like Swift UI is, is so powerful and such a great path for the future that I, I've hoped for. And and Marzipan Catalyst will really rejuvenate the the Mac experience because yes. there will be a ton of apps that never existed on the Mac or were like really neglected on the Mac. They will come to the Mac because it won't be that much effort for developers to just take the app on the iPad that they already have and put it on the Mac. And 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 here's an argument you will be excited about. I think it will make a lot many companies more interested to build powerful apps for the iPad. Yes, because, exactly. Like, because here's the thing. This yeah. thing, this thing, this hardware. This is amazing so powerful. iPad Pro is so, so strong, so powerful. It's faster than, than this thing. It's faster than my 15 inch, three year old MacBook Pro. Mine is smaller, but it's better. <laughs> yeah, and it has LTE. It has all these great features. It was iOS and apps holding back iPad. iOS, now iPad OS, made a huge leap this year. And I hope it will keep coming, right? Like there's still more that we want, but this is a huge year. And with apps, again, we have more capabilities, we have more power, more hardware. You're and now, right, yeah. if you if you tell developers, hey, build a great iPad app and you'll have the Mac app for free, well, almost for free. Yeah, you get the two, two for one deal. Yeah, then like a lot of companies were like, huh, okay, maybe we shouldn't think of the iPad just as a toy, like, let, let's do that, let's go for it. Yeah, exactly. You're, yeah, yeah I, I, I didn't think about this narrative. You're right. Yeah. Like many iOS developers who are doing the iPhone, they would say, yeah, I don't need the iPad app. Like hardly anyone will use it. But as, as you said, if they get two for the price of one, it's not that much of an effort anymore. Like this is, this is something worth doing because then they, their app can appear on the Mac App Store. They can get additional revenue, additional sales uh, and reach additional markets. Yeah. Yeah, completely. So, um, uh, you know, we're running out of time uh, uh, slowly. I, I wanted to, to, to just share some of my WWDC um, uh, experience. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so um, uh, so it's my first time here uh, um, inside the WWDC. Um, you are a long-time experienced guy, so uh, yeah. so you know this stuff, but uh, you know the drill. Um, um, I, I got I had to you know get the hang of it, you know what what to do and how to how to how to use it. And um, yesterday I think I cracked it. Uh, yesterday I started uh, going to the labs early in the morning mm-hmm. to talk to Apple engineers, and then I realized the cool thing about this: you not only get to talk to Apple engineers, to really Apple people who are behind stuff, um, but you also get to talk to other developers who are interested in the same thing. So finally, like suddenly, like, you know, I was, I was in this lab about expanding to China and mm-hmm. to Taiwan. I met, you know, the, the chief of App Store of Taiwan. Like I normally would never meet her in yeah. person. And now I, I could talk to her and exchange ideas. And um, uh, it, was, it was great. But then uh, I talked to um, uh, Pavel from Riedel, uh, which is a, a great, um, a great uh, software house uh, in Ukraine. And uh, we talked about their apps. Uh, we both talked about how we can, you know, what we can both do, you know, to expand in China. And then he told me that the Bear app 
developers are here and they talk about the and, and they they are successful in China. So I w and then I saw them on, on social media where they are. So I I went to see them. We talked about you know my serious shortcuts that I use for journaling. I will link in the show notes uh, for Bear. Uh, and then uh, they told me what they're what they are up to with the Bear app and we exchange ideas. Uh, so it's it's this magic of 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 really just people hanging out here like. We, we we just mentioned the, the burgers with the shortcuts guys, mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, David Sparks. Uh, it, um, yeah, I just talked to Vanny Ricci, yeah. just casually about the iPad OS, you know, because he was here. Um, uh, so uh, like everything, like this is this is the place to be. I, I, now I get it, mm -hmm. you know. Now I get it. And and um, and if you really are here and you really participate actively, like you go to labs, you go to sessions. Actually, labs are better because when you when you go to labs, you talk to everyone and then you meet other developers and what in the very beginning is that kind of awkward is you just start talking to people just yeah. randomly yeah but on the other hand people know that this is what, what they came here for so you make their 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 life easier because they know that they, they should also be talking to you yeah but maybe they didn't have, they were a bit shy but the moment you start talking it's not awkward they, they know that you know this is what we're here for we should be talking to each other so um it's you know in the beginning it gets a little bit awkward but then once you get the hang of it you just start start talking to people just casually and you, you eat lunches together you have coffees together and um, I love it I love it and uh, this fact that really um, uh, today I had a very very meaningful conversation with one uh, with a, with, a, with, a, with an Apple person from the App Store a team uh, from an editorial team to understand how they you know put things in the, uh, in the on the Today tab and on, on the App Store. And again, these conversations don't happen. Like normally you don't have access to these people at all. Yeah. And and suddenly they're there hanging out. And and we started talking about the editorial thing. And then we started talking about remote working. And he was interested. And, and you know, he's not only an Apple engineer or an Apple, you know, an employee. He's also like a person, you know, interested in stuff. So he was interested in our, you know, how we do remote working. So I just, you know, I I, I showed him the, the how we run the company, how we do our reunions. Like we had like... Um, Everybody was gone, like the lab was over and we were just sitting there and just chatting about this uh, casually. And then, yeah. you know, when we finished, we we're just like, bye-bye, bye-bye. And that was it. And, but it was just fantastic, phenomenal. I, um, yeah, I, I loved it. It's, uh, it's uh, you know, this, this whole conference is a big effort. You know, yeah. for both of us, uh, you know, we have to pay lots of money to get here for the tickets, for the plane tickets, for the, you know, lodging and everything. It's, you know, more than a week away from work. Yeah. Uh, so uh, and, and from the families, so it's it's a big, you know, meaningful, you know, <laughs> kind of sacrifice in this sense. But on the other hand, uh, that's why when you're here, you just make the most of it. Yeah. Because otherwise, like you know, if you just go to labs, uh, if you just go to sessions to see sessions, no, don't do that because because okay. sessions are recorded. Yeah. When you're a, a first timer on WDC and and you don't get an advice, uh, and you're a developer, what do you do? You go to sessions, which are talks right and you have people talk for an hour about technology and this is really a total waste of time and money yes don't do that don't either don't go to sessions at all or go only to the sessions you need that are most relevant so that you can catch the person speaking or, or like just just so you have enough experience to be able to ask meaningful questions on the labs exactly but like it doesn't make any sense to uh, spend, you know, thousands of dollars to come here to watch in person in a hall a talk that you can get the same day for free on the internet. Yeah, makes no sense. But this, this, this conference here in San Jose every year is the place to be. If you're an app developer in the Apple ecosystem, uh, or maybe even not a programmer, but like you're very deeply involved and, and like your, your livelihood is, is kind of in this ecosystem, right? Like uh, there's a lot of like bloggers here, right? Exactly. Um, then it is the place to be because everyone is here and you can catch people access, have access to people that you just cannot catch in any other way. Yeah, and uh, you know, again, for me as a you know business, I mean, I'm right now the business person, but I am, geek and technology geek so i know what people are talking about and and the cool thing for example yesterday i went to the design labs yeah again i'm not the designer we have two two great designers a lot better than me but at least 
I'm here so I can ask for some, some meaningful questions and feedback mm -hmm. to the Apple designers. I can show them, you know, the notes before that we have. And, and yesterday I, I had really very good sessions on that. And this way I can just take notes, give it to our designers and they can just, you know, work with that because, you know, what I can do is ask questions and show them the app and then, you know, they'll take it from here. And as we, as we know, you know, if we get good UI design um, ideas from the people, you know, from Apple, then we know that our app is, you know, the first class citizen on the Apple ecosystem. Yeah. I think that's a wrap. I think so. Um, so, um, uh, you know, to finish it off, uh, I would like to uh, thank Apple for providing us with this studio. Um, and uh, I, would, I would like to also thank our friend of the show, Marcin, for helping us out here. And uh, anyway, um, uh, yeah, I would like to thank uh, you for being my wingman and for coming here and for, um, you know, uh, for doing the WWDC experience because um, I think, you know, together we make a great team to, to you know, make the most of it. Yeah. All right. Uh, see you next week. If we manage to record. Yeah, if we, you're right. Okay, see you in two weeks then. I think see you in two weeks because next week you're staying here and then you're yeah. coming later. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, uh, so, so see you in two weeks. And today we have the bash, the yes. famous bash with Weezer. So we'll see how this goes. Anyway, uh, the party on Thursday and tomorrow I'm flying out. All right. Okay. Ah, and you're, you're going somewhere. Oh yeah, uh, after the conference, I'm going to Yosemite with uh, my friends uh, for uh, like a day and a half. Nice. Yeah, to do some hiking and then go back to San Francisco to, to chill with uh, friends. Yeah, about that, uh, just <laughs> as the last PS of the show, um, today we were uh, at the Dub Dub Run. So we, we got yeah. to run in the morning with uh, fellow developers. Again, a great idea uh, uh, by Curtis. Um, very cool time. <laughs> so we got to run and it was fun. It was more fun for you than for me. My um, my knees and ankles did not want to cooperate. They're <laughs> like, no, you're not running today. <laughs> so I, I survived, but uh, I'll, I'll go light on myself. Yeah, but uh, it would be great. Yeah, you should you know, get back to running a little bit more often then. I know. I know. What you do. Okay. <laughs> right. That's a wrap. Yep.